Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 451's After Show. Here we are. It's the After Show, Johnny. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? This is where we get to talk about whatever we want. Sometimes it's related to golf. Sometimes it's not. We'll talk about TV shows, books we've read, movies we've seen, dreams we've had, <laughs> hopes that we... Don't have to hear about dreams again. I don't know. Uh, anything Hopes we want. Hopes and dreams we've crushed or have been crushing us. Whatever the case might be. Right. Oh, I, I have a question. I have an answer. Am I, I hope so, Terry. Am I a good dad or a bad dad? Get bad. <laughs> but you haven't heard what I did. <laughs> it doesn't, oh, okay. I didn't know what I <laughs> Sorry, jump the gun on that one. Hey, whoops. So this summer, we're looking for things to do for my son, and we're sending him to a disc golf class. Mm. So am I a bad... Am I teaching it? No, you're not. Okay. I don't even know who's teaching it. It's uh, at a park that's just south of here. Clay- Clitch Park? I don't know for sure. But it, it, it's it's like a month. It's like one or two days a week. It's, you know, mid-afternoon. Talk through what? This, this matters. Uh, I believe it is through... Our local community's like rec park, and, par- park and rec department. Okay. So am I a good dad because I'm sending him to a disc golf thing? Or am I a bad dad because I'm not teaching him myself? Somebody is going to be teaching my kid disc golf that's not me. Which for maybe makes you a better dad. Which might be better or worse. Um, I don't know who the teacher is. I, I, I haven't looked if it's anyone we know. I doubt it. Just based on the fact that it's a park and rec department. Um, would it be would it be fun if I just showed up and hung out? Should he come with his own bag of discs, like just a full backpack full of like yeah. fully loaded? Like, oh no, these are my three putters. Here's my driver. Oh yeah, this is the one that's signed by Paul Macbeth. And like, do do is he that kid? Um, so I, I I don't know. I feel like I need to make sure to get like some fundamentals in him before he goes. But 
Maybe or maybe not. Not I don't if, know. Not not if it, I, I guess it'll be interesting to see how good this teacher is. Correct. Because we all know, I, I think the whole world knows that sometimes kids uh don't want to learn anything from their parents, mm-hmm. even if it's a hundred percent factual and correct and the right way to do it. It's there some kids in various subject matters. Maybe it's athletics, maybe it's actual uh schooling subjects, or maybe it's any other life subjects or or any other advice, sometimes we'll take the advice of anyone but yeah. their parent. And so, obviously, very situational. In fact, uh, I, I did just see something about that, about how how crucial and influential, basically, your kids' friends' parents are. Because they may repeat or say the exact same thing that you're saying, but your kid, per all these studies... Mm-hmm. is so much more receptive of a different parent saying it, which I think is really interesting, which is a good reason why I don't bring my kids around you because I don't want them <laughs> getting anything that you have to say. No, but uh, I, I literally just saw this, and I saw it on TikTok, which is the best parenting. Yeah, you that's where you're in. But I, I do, honestly, I do feel like I saw it on a Instagram or a TikTok. Or Listen, was, the last time we went out to dinner, Kenzie loved me. <laughs> yeah, well. I, I offered to buy her. I never said I gave her good judgment. Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> yeah. um, you, can, you can buy her uh, I told her I, that way. Yeah, yeah. I, that I could just buy it with Taylor Swift tickets. But, um, but yeah, so again, it could be the fact that. They may be he may be more receptive it to, might be. to a stranger taking some of these tips, even if even if said stranger, would, let's just say, gives the exact same insight that you would. Yeah. He, he just may receive it better. Uh, that's possible. And I, I'll be the first to admit that I probably should not be teaching him driving mm. in general, throwing I'm, I'm for the way I'm built. Oh. I thought you meant driving a car. As, no, no, that'll be Carney's posting. Yeah, I'll be fine with that. Um, for the way I'm built, I should definitely be throwing much further than I do. I, I'm just not. I do. I do not have great form. Um, so maybe somebody can teach him better because he's built a lot like me. So maybe somebody can teach him that better. Although, again, I'm gonna have to make sure that nobody puts any bad, uh, <laughs> any bad putting habits into him because it's one of the things I think I'm better than average at is putting. So we'll see. Um. But yeah. I, I'm I'm really interested to see what he picks up, what he learns, what the class is like. Is it an edge program? I don't know. I have no clue what it is. Like so my wife signed him up. We just agreed. He's going to be doing that in archery this, this summer. So mm. I don't know. All right. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> and and we'll see how long, uh, yeah, or how quickly he. I'll I'll have starts out playing everyone. I'll find out if the teacher, yeah, if the teacher's a PDGA member, if they're mm-hmm. rated. Mm-hmm. Just show up and be like, oh hi, I just want to introduce myself, and then hang hand over one of your Brixton cards. And like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, oh, do you have your own disc golf card? Oh, I oh, do. Yeah, I I do. <laughs> no, that's, Terry. that's what you need to say. That'd or be just the most humble way. Just to go sit for. like. 30 or 40 feet away as he's teaching class and just just be, I wouldn't do it that way. <laughs> or watch him throw a drive or a putt and then immediately just like, foot fault, foot fault. <laughs> he's foot faulting. Or maybe just after, after he throws a drive, just you know mildly get up and see if I can outdrive him in the middle of class. <laughs> like, like, oh, no, look, somebody's further. <laughs> yeah. Who should be teaching this class? <laughs> I think uh, you're on to some, uh, yeah, you're definitely on to the right idea. Probably there. not a good idea. Okay, maybe not. All right. Uh, I I do want to quickly recap this weekend in the sense that running a Wisconsin tour stop here in Wisconsin, which started as four events over two weekends, uh, way back in the early 90s, uh, 
the entire point of the Wisconsin tour was to get players to travel around the state to see other courses, to have the camaraderie and the friendships. Also, while traveling around and having a, a, a series of events, it went from four events, uh, that which was just before I got into it in the 90s, and then eventually went to six and eight and ten, and is now blossomed or ballooned into nearly 20 or so events that take place ranging from March all the way till late mid to late October. And so it's very much just a Wisconsin, well, it's just that, a Wisconsin disc golf tour. We're going to change the name to Wisconsin Disc Golf Pro Tour soon so, <laughs> so we can get get uh, some of that cred. But uh, it's been taking place forever. I've run various stops on it. And when this course went in, uh, these courses had gone in 13 and 10 years ago. Uh, it was a no-brainer to put them on. That's That's when I was also much more into running events then my media career hadn't been quite as extensive as it is now, and I had a lot more weekends of running events. And so with that, Skyline Classic, presented by Discraft, took place this last weekend. I'm going to be giving away a Skyline disc from this weekend, as we did last week. Uh, we'll probably give them away for a few weeks. They're pretty cool, and I, I wish I would have brought one again today, but I didn't. So uh, Nope, there's nope. not one here. Okay, well, I'll be giving one away. Last week's winner, Jeremy... Uh, chose the force. I had a force and a heat. This week I'll pick something else out at random to give away. Here we go. MPO. A couple of the top performers included Thomas Earhart. What? That's a uh, weird wait, name. That's a strange Earhart. You say yes, and we're not talking about uh, his brother. Yes, this is Thomas Earhart. We are talking about his brother now. Well, yes, but Brian's brother, Tom. He won. I think he won this last year, or the year before. Congratulations, Tom Earhart, your champion, uh, narrowly edging out Nick Robinson, and in third, Jesse Peterson. Moving down to FPO, uh, I I didn't ask her. I feel stupid now. Cece Volbrek, Volbrek, Stacy took first place, $250. Megan Morris declined cash to retain her amateur status, and Kayla Lowry, um uh, finished in third. Our buddy Steve Held, your champion in the MP40 division. Ron Turner in second. Aaron Trimmer in third. Brad Went went uncontested in one in MP65. Matt uh, Frilio, I pronounced, he told me that day. Friello. Friello? Friello. Matt Friello. Yes, your champion in, in MA1. Austin Easterly, who I believe also got an ace, his first tournament ace. Congratulations! And then Austin was that McKay. the guy who got the ace on hole one? Yes. Oh, that was that was his pretty first great. Tournament ace, last hole of the tournament. They're lit- to then secure second place in solo wow. second place. You and I were chatting as they were walking from eighteen to one, and you heard overheard one of the guys because it was raining. It was kind of miserable out. It wasn't bad, but it was a constant kind of light rain, even jokingly say, we should all just take threes on this and walk away. Yeah, that's exactly what they said. Let's just, everybody good with a three? Now, mind you, it's 181 feet. It is it is statistically the easiest and I think shortest hole on the course. And yeah, that's exactly what they joked about. It. So let's just take threes and be done, which clearly is not legal. <laughs> and then uh, another gentleman on the card said, F that noise as he cashed in the ace. Uh, taking home half of the ace pool because there was one on the island hole earlier. All right, uh, back to a couple more of our top performers. Uh, 
uh, Michael Rates took it down in MA40 over Justin Chandelmeyer. Nick Olp took third. John Melinda, Ryan Oslowski, 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 and Doug Gorman were your top three in MA50. Brian Usher, Ron Hubner, and Joe Cartillo took uh, the top three spots in MA60. So congratulations to all of them. Those were all of your Sunday competitors, including our top MPO and FPO competitors. And uh, also... Do, do we want to get Terry all riled up? Like, do we, do we want to go on a Terry rant? <laughs> There's, I, I am always cool, calm, and collected. Uh, because I could ask... How many people's grandmas got sick the night before, Terry? <laughs> how many how many people suddenly didn't feel well the night before when when Saturday was gorgeous? Literally like 70 degrees and where I was at just, you know, an hour north, 40 minutes north, not a drop of rain, perfect. I guess down south a little bit. They got just a little bit of a a delay, some a, a rain cloud so to speak, a, a lightning had struck and a rain cloud passed through, so they had a little bit delay. But the next day on Sunday, because the way this worked was that it was, there was another event about 30 minutes away and then yours, which opposite days. So a bunch of players that were going to play both days. But how many people decided to call you the night before, the day before they were supposed to play on Sunday, the bad weather day, <clears throat> suddenly didn't feel well, Terry? Yeah, uh, before I get to that specifically, I'm going to quickly say... MA2's winner was Andrew oh. on Saturday. MA3's winner was Andy Allen on Saturday. Uh, FA3's winner was Megan Ortel. And MA4 was Joe Anderson. And FA4 was Delane Henry. She went uncontested. Those were all your top players on Saturday's round. So here's what I here's what I will say. And I, and I think I was almost misunderstood in a Facebook post. So I will spell it out very clearly. Mark the tape, whatever. Quote me. I am okay with competitors withdrawing from a tournament because inclement weather is forecasted. I'm a f- I, I am I am okay. We saw the likes of Paul Uliberry and Ben Calloway a few weeks ago at Music City Open withdraw on their third day of competition. They didn't want to deal with the weather and the conditions. They, in that case, were also out of contention for for high placing, but they didn't want to deal with the weather and the conditions. Uh, we, I can't argue how safe it is or isn't out there for any person to play. Oh. If you're in, especially I'll say like at the Music City and it was really muddy, it, they were going to be out there in those conditions and and possibly sliding around and or pulling something, muddy, whether it was muddy tees or muddy fairways, whatever. I, I can't determine what's considered safe for you or not. I can determine my own level of safety and comfort comfortability. I don't care if anyone wants to withdraw, whether it's mid-round, mid-tournament, whatever, for weather. However... If that's the case, and you're doing so very late, the day before a tournament, the morning of a tournament, or in between rounds, just have zero expectations of a refund of. And I don't want to. I, don't, I was almost going to say compassion. You're, I, I'm compassionate and empathetic and understanding that you don't want to play in it. That it's miserable to you. You may have been un, underprepared, or maybe you were fully prepared and just still didn't want to deal with it. I'm okay with that. 
let me be very clear. I am okay with it. You also then have to relax your expectations because a lot of people have the mentality of, well, I'm not going to play, therefore I should be allowed my my money back. Now, there's a PDJ policy that I, I thank them that they came out with now years ago. I, f- I feel like it wasn't that long ago. It really was, mm-hmm. where they kind of spell out what expectations and what guidelines, what an event can do in terms of withdrawals. And most of them are, dare I say, you know, talk about 30 days out, 14 days out, seven days out. They have these tiers of where registrations and withdrawals and how they get they can be uh, enforced and then what can be done as a result of it. And that also largely depends on how full an event is. If if you have an event that's completely full and somebody else can step right in and take over a spot that you're otherwise, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is being emptied, it, it it's reacted to differently. All of those are great guidelines, and I have made the mistake for many years of of not following those guidelines in favor of the player, in favor of being just looser. And and being a little bit more understanding, just looser with it. I think that's come to an end. And that's where some of my frustrations have come about is it is far. It, it, and here's here's my best possible example of why, because somebody could say, well, wait, that's not fair. If at midnight I tell you I'm not coming to play, you know, you have plenty of time to get everything ready for the next day. Uh, for a 9 a.m. tea time. Sure, it's now a headache. It's now a hassle. I now have to do something, and I have to take time away from what I'm doing on the tournament to then adhere to your request and or the what needs to happen in terms of uh, of, of switching you up. Do I, do I have to pull a player's pack out of somewhere that's been pre-packaged for you? Do I have to, uh, where's that going to get sent? What's going to have to happen? That can get take place after the fact. But here's the biggest example. You're withdrawing sometime that morning for is one example. You're withdrawing. The tea times have been, even in a shotgun event, shotgun or, or tea time, maybe even worse. You now are altering what other players are going to have to do. And when I had 62 people originally, we'll say out of 72, that meant there were a few holes that either nobody was playing on or there were there was a few threesomes out there. If you're withdrawing and your threesome may what you were randomly put on now maybe just became a twosome. I now have to change what's been posted for those other two players. They have to go to other holes. They have to if if I catch it early enough, they have to be assigned another hole. Maybe it's near the hole they originally looked at. Maybe it's not. But at for a nine o'clock tee off, it is not fair to another competitor who for the last 12 hours has been planning to start on hole nine and whatever they do to get themselves ready to start on hole nine, that all of a sudden at 8.40, 8.30, even eight o'clock, they're saying, oh, wait, am I on hole nine? No, wait, I'm on hole 12. I'm on hole seven. I'm on hole two. I'm on the opposite side of the course. I have to park in a different parking lot at this point. Whatever the case might be. That's not fair to the other competitors. And even in the worst case scenario, what happened this weekend, as a very late drop came in, it was literally at 8.50 for a 9 o'clock <laughs> tee off, 
And then at that point, we had a twosome, and, and our staff had to run to the card and say, hey, player A, you have to go to, to hold 12, and hey, player B, you have to go to hold 9, because that's where we have more people. That's, yeah, that's the next closest one, maybe. Or or now, because of the, the, the timing, we have a threesome that's been now trimmed to a twosome, and those two... The, the most logical at that point are to go add on to another threesome. And now you have one fivesome on the course, which Fs with the flow for every other single group out mm-hmm. there because they're all three and foursomes. Now you've just become the slowest group on the course. None of which is your fault. You were just there. You were there on time to play in the tournament you signed up for, but somebody else was true. Now, clearly there are always exceptions. There are things, true things that happen. You got into a car accident on the way to the tournament and you're not going to make it there for whatever reasons. Of course, you're still not getting a refund, but <laughs> anymore, but I get it. Things happen. Emergency happens. What if I send you a picture of the accident? I, I still, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, that, unfortunately, that doesn't really matter. No, I know in this case, um, I understand. I'm not saying, you know, it's life and death that you're on that tee. I'm just saying that when you're withdrawing late and and it may have been something that you could have done much earlier, you're very inconsiderate to be withdrawing late. And and now you've not only annoyed and or uh, upset me, which is fine. I can get over it. But now you're disrupting other people who just frankly don't deserve it. So are you going do you feel and maybe you don't even know yet, are you going to go by strict PDGA policy? Or will you have like, you know, PDGA policy I think is 14 days and there's different things with waiting lists and whatnot. Or are you still going to be kind of lenient, maybe make it three days or two days, or have you decided that? Uh, I, I don't know exactly what it will be uh, for sure. Obviously, whatever know it is, it'll I'm be posted. Going to, I'm going to fall at, more in line with the PDGAs and def, excuse me, not keep it nearly as loose as what they've done. And and I'll tell you right now, this is it has and will continue to create some animosity and some bitterness and frustrations from the players. Yeah, and I just I've been disliked for other things all my life. We can put this on there too. Like, I, and and by that I mean there is a policy. Yeah, I, I, I have just maybe time to be to actually for, for me to adhere closer to the policy. And if you don't like it, then maybe signing up for my event in the future just isn't going to be in your best bet because the the stress and the frustration that you're causing not just me but all these other players potentially is simply not worth it. And and another good example is uh, an MPO player said to me this weekend, he's like, man, if I would have known that many people were going to withdraw, again, largely based on weather, but if I would have known that, I may have have reacted differently too. A certain purse and a certain player percentage works out to some Mm -hmm. people's favor or not as well. Now, I know that sounds a little bit self-serving, and they're saying, "Hey, I wish these other people would make up their minds so that I, so I can make up mine." But it, it just know that when you are withdrawing for whatever reason, there is an impact to other competitors, and that's the part that I, I ultimately struggled. You can piss me off, whatever, but I realized this weekend how much it actually does impact the play and everyone he, else. Agreed. I think I, I don't have an issue with last minute withdraws with you doing something like that i me personally and again i've only helped out running events i've never run one myself um two to three days to me feels like a good 
time frame to say, okay, I get it. Two to three days ahead of time, you 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 tell me you can't make it. Maybe gives me time to get someone else who's on the waiting list in. Or if there is no waiting list, maybe open up the registration. And say, hey guys, I'm opening it up again at you know at, at two o'clock today. So if you want to register, we're you know because we're not you know we're, we're full and now we're not. Or it, maybe it's been open the whole time and it's doesn't really affect anything. That's my own personal take. I, I think that I would like there to be more leniency. And now obviously I hundred percent. I'm okay with what the PDGA has out there. If if you went according to that, I wouldn't have any qualms about it. At, well, by by any means. And I do love that the PDGA policy also is enacted and is in place to a degree of I may have ordered I ordered a, you know, a certain size shirt for you. Mm-hmm. You told me when yeah. you signed up then this is generic, this isn't this particular weekend, but there's times you signed up and you told me you needed a, a a double extra large shirt or a small, whatever the case is. I'm making some of those orders based on, you know, things that we already asked you. Now you think, okay, yeah, one shirt, maybe no big deal. Some guy doesn't show up or some woman doesn't show up. That's life. But when you start talking about significant amount of people, mm-hmm. and that's what the PDG is trying to protect you as a tournament director against, is the fact that at the end of the tournament, I'm not sitting on 33 shirts of people that didn't show up. And there's policies with whether you're an AM or a pro, and yes. I get all of that, and they yep. they do... They spell it out very well, and I guess the long, the short version of this is I I just need to adhere more closely to it as much as some people are going to really hate that. I'm I'm 100% have your back on that. I think that's... Anyway, that was, uh, and some uh, Robert Manahan asked, Terry, do you have any Skyline merch from this weekend? Didn't you just hear me complain about all the people that weren't here? No, I do. Um, it was what I feel like was a very, very stout players pack. Uh, the, the fact that people got uh, some Tomahawk shades that were branded with Discraft, some which aren't like $5 sunglasses. They're really nice sunglasses. We had that. We had your choice of double G jerky in working with them like we almost always do. Which I tried for the first time. <laughs> which I feel like I keep shilling, but uh, is legit because I love it and it's good. Uh, so I stand behind it. So we had double G jerky. We had a custom stamp disc from the event from Discraft. Uh, we had a, a, a Skyline stamped towel uh, that was specific to the event. Uh, and then we had something else that was within the player pack as well. So uh, roughly valued around like $80, $85 for what was effectively like about a $40 entry. Uh, yeah, I feel like it was pretty pretty healthy. So if, if somebody is interested in getting, oh, also a pair of wool socks, which <laughs> turned out pretty good for some people that had wet feet throughout <laughs> the weekend. So uh, if you're interested in any of those items, and uh, I do have a few left over. Uh, you're welcome to reach out to me and some absolutely beautiful discs that we had gotten from Discraft. So thank you. Yeah, they one did of the look cool nice. discs, one of the coolest discs, or a few of the coolest discs. Uh, I got a very limited amount that we were selling to help offset costs, which included Glow Z Raptors, Color Glow, and Regular Glow Z Buzzes, and some Paul McBeth Lunas and some Paige Pierce Passions. So those aren't discs that you would, I feel like, just normally go out and find any other given weekend or on the regular. Oh, I didn't see the Passions. And, yeah. So Damn. Um, I do have all of those available uh, as well, and I feel like those those were all in a limited quantity, and I think they all turned out pretty nice. Robert Goyke was there this weekend. Good to see you, Bob. And he said, socks. Yes, the socks. So... If you don't want to play, 
I guess the whole point too, to you saying like people getting sick, I, I am not belittling or, or just be honest. Yeah. You don't have to BS me though. If you, and maybe you are sick. There are plenty of people that wrote me that were sick. And I absolutely, of course, at face value, you have to assume you're truly sick, but just, yeah, if you're not, you don't, you don't have to lie about it either. <laughs> One guy it's, said, it, it, it's going to take a little longer due to the rain, and I have a family function, so I think I'm going to withdraw. I'd like to withdraw. But then followed up the next message was, well, but if I can't get my money back with, when I withdraw from the withdrawal, well, then I'll, then I'll come play. <laughs> Again, he, this person values his family less than the $55 entry fee. <laughs> I don't know who that was. I'm just kidding. So, uh, so, uh, and Jeff out there and, says, and that's, thanks again for the yeah. pink ESP buzz with the B foil. Not going to lie. That was one of the most beautiful, uh, yeah, just an absolute, uh, awesome disc. So thank you for your support and your mead will be drank. Don't you worry. <laughs> I haven't forgotten about you. I was gonna say it's the this particular weather was the reason I didn't sign up because I know in this such I, a little bitch I, 100% I'm glad honestly I'm glad after sitting around all day Sunday or Sunday with mm-hmm. you just hanging out it was cold it yeah and it was very wet mm-hmm. and I don't think I would have had a lot of fun out there <laughs> and so I you know I made but I made that determination weeks ago knowing that it could have been the same weather we had on Saturday, and I would have loved it. But I'm just kind of like, May 1st for me is really the point here in Wisconsin where I say, it could still be 50 degrees on May 1st, no doubt. But I feel like there's a lot less chance of, like, 40 degree weather. So, we'll see. My first event is, what, May 6th and 7th weekend, I think, so. Mm-hmm. So, again, good with withdrawing, just don't expect to get money back. Uh, at a certain point shout out to ella hansen whose seattle mariners are right now losing to the brewers <laughs> in the top of the 10th is that here no that's nope. that must oh obviously not yeah i was gonna say Correct. it must be out in, on the west coast it is out on the west coast so it's five to four right now the brewers uh, i'm sorry it's now the bottom of the 10th so the brewers got uh, a run seattle needs a score hmm. sorry ella She's a big Seattle Mariners fan. Yeah. Hmm. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
I don't know if there's been a lot of other stuff going on other than uh, tomorrow I'm tr- doing some traveling. I'm going to be heading out west. It's <laughs> I <laughs> Go west, young man. I, I, I had a lot of people ask where I'm going next. Oh, yeah, Champions Cup, Augusta, IDGC. I'm like, nope. I'm going the opposite direction, almost the exact opposite side of the country from where it's going to be. Uh, I will be in Bend for the weekend to be in the booth. And this weekend is is unique in the, for me in the sense that the morning rounds for FPO will actually be Charlie Eisenhood along with Valerie Jenkins and is Zoe, is where, where's is Zoe Zoe on site? I don't know. I th- I'm going to double check. Because I don't want to give you wrong information. I've never done that. Uh, I know Zoe. I'm pretty sure Zoe is involved this weekend. The question is she... uh, Okay, so... Well, yeah. Yeah. Zoe... Is in the booth? If if I understand this correctly, Zoe is in the booth. Yeah. Traditionally, or traditionally, I know it's relatively recent, the majors have had a three-person booth. Okay. That's kind of what they've done. But also, it's strange because usually they have the majors... The booth is on site now that with Nate and Val expecting, and I'm sure they still want to be involved. That travel is probably a little bit more difficult because I think there is a perfect opportunity to have it at the IDGC to have that booth right there. We've done it, Terry. We've, we've, we've done a live broadcast from the IDGC. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that is possible, but obviously with Nate and Val, uh, Expecting in June? No, July. July. Okay, expecting in July. Understandable why they wouldn't want to travel. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, so this weekend is going to be, if I'm looking at the chart correctly and I'm understanding correctly, uh, it looks like it's going to be Val Jenkins, Zoe Andike, and Charlie Eisenhood all going to be in the booth every single morning. God Will you just bless call him, Charlie? Call him Chuck all weekend. Yeah. I don't know if he likes it or not. I've never tried, but I want you to call him he Chuck. He doesn't. He doesn't come off he as a Chuck. Feel like a Chuck, but or Chucky. <laughs> Chucky. Chucky. Hey, Chucky. Good job this morning. Chuckles. Because it's Charles and Chuck all in one. Yeah. Chuckles. Anyway, uh, <laughs> God bless him because he will be in the booth. There's probably going to be like a 5:30 a.m. Uh, crew call for the booth. To start at 6.30, if I had to guess, roughly. That won't be me this weekend. Normally it is, but as you just mentioned, with a major and uh, having a little extra people, Charlie, <laughs> I won't even say it, Charlie <laughs> Chuckles. is, is Chuck. going to be in the booth with those two. In the afternoons, it's going to be myself along with Nate Doss. And then I am seeing here that it looks like um, Brian Earhart is going to be our on course. I know as we were closing out the Music City Open and we were talking about Tournament Central, uh, that's at that point when Nate Sexton had made a a comment or a reference to possibly playing or not uh, at the Champions Cup. Well, he's now earned himself his way into the Champions Cup, so... Uh, I'm not sure if he then was if the schedule was adjusted or or how it worked out or if Brian was already locked in. But either way, it's going to be Brian out on the course. So looking forward to that. And I'll be directing the MPO shows, which you will. Okay, I will be oh, great. So here, so you, yes, you don't have to listen to me anymore, Thank Terry. God. You don't need to worry about. It. You'll just have to hear Mo. But uh, when the MPO shows are not nearly as good as the FPO shows, you'll know why. It'll yeah. be my fault. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Oh, now we're getting some updates here on the score 5-4. Oh, I've got it sitting right here on the desk, kind of watching. 
So that's what you're going to see. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming Nate Sexton is competing this weekend. Otherwise, maybe that's why we'd uh, see him uh, possibly in the booth. But I'm pretty sure Sexton is. I didn't see him on the list, but I didn't oh, really he look. He's not interesting. I'm not seeing him on UDisc either. So he's not in the booth. Maybe he's got a family obligation. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe, who, who knows what we don't know? Somebody knows. Somebody knows something there. Hmm. Tim Court says uh, internet went out. <clears throat> that must be for him. Robert asks, are Nate and Val going to start a family that has more accolades than the Jenkins alone? No, no I mean, be tough. the numbers. Yeah, the numbers aren't there. And And with this... Speaking of family, uh, it, it was since last week, actually, that uh, Nate's stepfather, Mark Carlskind, had passed away. And I know they were, uh, they had a ceremony. PDGA in the number in the 7,000s. Yeah, and they had, a, and, and very much just a staple in that area, obviously, who had introduced, you know, Nate to golf. And, and um, this weekend, they had a ceremony up at De La Viega, top of the world hole, and uh, ended up having a picnic with the family and everything else. And so, of course, uh, you know, heartfelt condolences to all the families, uh, especially as a man who is such a staple in that that area and has meant so much to golf. So uh, I spoke with Nate briefly tonight. He told me that, you know, the ceremony and everything that took place this weekend uh, was was good for him and the whole family and, and that <laughs> it was, uh, um, you know, his, went as well as it could have so to speak so uh but certainly um and then also a little bit more locally in the uh area and and now i didn't i I apologize if i didn't know uh all of the nicknames but um in illinois um frank had passed away and i believe it's frank grimes i think he's played in one or two of my events uh but you see an outpouring of love that's come in from the joliet and plenty of the illinois disc golf community uh as well as i think he had passed away in the last few days as well so love to uh everyone down there um seeing so many of our the people that have contributed so much throughout all the years uh always sad to see them pass so all right. From a downer um, to an upper. Let's yes. give something away, Terry Miller. Patreon.com slash Smashbox TV. That is the one and only way that we are funded. We rely on listener support. So if you are a supporter, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You help this ship go round and round every single week. We have a oh, crash. Listen, it's bound to happen at some yeah, point. I was just going to say, what are we're we 451 in. I, at some point is going to happen. Um, well, actually, we have crashed before. The whole the whole computer crashed. Mm. Remember when Udisc was on for our 200? I think it was or something. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Udisc yeah. brought down the uh, brought down the house. Anyway, uh, 151 people are eligible for our giveaway, Terry. I sorted it this week by address. So if you oh, have wow. an address, you're at the top of the list. You're at and one, there's... two, three, uh, Apple. Yeah, one, two, three, Apple Street. Yeah. Well. Uh, <laughs> Our our very top one is 103 mm. Decatur. Oh, that was last week's cha- uh, champion. Last week's winner. Well, I, wasn't, I guess he was a champion. I wasn't going <laughs> to. I don't want to call him out as far as where he might live other than that. No, so. I'm just saying he was last week's. So he's winner. actually at the very top of the list. Wow. But, and the people that do not have addresses entered in, they are at the bottom of the list. In no particular order. So. 
151 people eligible. Patreon member, patreon.com slash TV for as little as a dollar a month you are eligible to Man, win. And I just gave away like a 20-some dollar disc last week over this? You did, you did. So what, what, are we, what are we drawing, Ter? Uh, we've got another Skyline Classic disc, which will be something... Uh, one of like the 14 molds that I had made up this weekend. Um, we'll have to see what it's ultimately going to be. But I had heats, uh, scorches. We had thrashers, undertakers, buzzes, buzz SS's. Uh, Don't get their hopes up. We we had all of those different molds. So I, I may have to rant. We had nukes, um, scorch, heat. Yeah, tons of different deaths. So you'll get one of those. All I want's a number from you. Hmm. Hmm. First one. Our very first number we're going to generate. Thank Kevin Gleason for throwing on hole number one. Way to go, Kevin. Very first number, 79, 79. So I'm going to take us off so I can look at the address list. Uh, so mm, don't be doxing them. Don't want to be doxing anybody here. Uh, number 79 is Dwayne Reader. Oh, no. Congratulations, Dwayne Reader. And I say that because that address is wrong or about to be. Oh, because he's, he's moving. That's right. He's he's in Florida. Who you just stayed with, isn't I he? I just stayed with him. Dwayne Reader. That is hilarious. Well, the good, awesome. thi- the good thing is you'll be able to contact him and get his right address. <laughs> or if you can get this out quick, he might still get it, Terry. Yes. yes. I don't believe they're, they're going to be moving to the other side of the country uh, for a few more weeks, maybe. Either way. Um Thank you, Dwayne. Uh, I could re-echo everything I said about uh, your hospitality, as Paul McBath also mentioned. Uh, thank you, you and uh, your wife, Susan, for um, putting up with not only a, <laughs> me, but a bunch of disc golfers throughout the years and giving us a great place to stay. So I've had to looking put up forward with, to crashing at your new place. <laughs> I've had to put up with Terry for many years. It isn't easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. So uh, congratulations, though, to Dwayne. That's awesome. Dwayne just gave me a raincoat. Now I'm going to send him a disc. Send him a disc. Way to go. You should have sent him a disc anyway. I don't know how that works, but. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm going to read. So congrats again to Dwayne. I'm going to read a little bit from the board here before we uh, start to wrap things up. Taylor says, have you ever had to pull in volunteers that are certified officials to be a third on a twosome for a tiebreaker on any rulings? I only ask because I've had to do that to cover for a late player. Yeah, that's another challenge. You know, some would call them a marker or just an official. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can be another challenge. You have, uh, you know, no in no PDGA event are you to ever have just two players on a card like essentially technically in no circumstance should that ever happen it's just not supposed to and if it i'll give you the spiel if if you ever find yourself starting a round of golf or even in the middle of a round of golf and you have three people four or three people and somehow one or two people withdraw or quit or walk off or whatever the case might be or have to quit due to injury whatever it it doesn't matter you technically should split yourselves or go join another card. Split yourselves up and each go on a different card or just simply go to both of you go to another card. It might be the closest one nearby, whatever the case is, but you should join another card. You cannot play in a twosome unless there is a certified official that has essentially been appointed to your card mm. yep. that can go with you. Oftentimes that becomes a tournament director or an assistant tournament director. It could be other individuals, but I'm just going to tell you, when running a tournament of any size, no one 
is shows up and thinks, yeah, man, I'd really just love to walk along and watch these two play golf today. <laughs> no, the, so no one wants to be doing that, to be that certified official. So, yes, your, your best practice, if you ever find yourself in that situation, is to go join another card. Um, no, we did not have to do that this weekend, thankfully. And quite frankly, a lot of tournaments don't have that kind of man or woman no. power. Like to be like, hey, you need to go jump on this other card. We've seen that happen at a Worlds and some other instances where maybe we have a lot more volunteers. I think of uh, Wilbur Wallace, I know, has done that a number of times where he's just joined a very small group. But yeah, that is not allowed. Uh, Tim says, uh, yeah, I had health issues three years ago and had to withdraw or withdrew uh, from the threesome, so they had to find other cards. And again... You never want to be the guy to pull out from the threesome. No, no, <laughs> you don't. In fact, uh, this weekend, our buddy Paul wanted to know if he could be that guy. I said, no, don't do that. <laughs> you stay there and you stick it out. Uh, yes. Uh, here, here's... We won't go too far into it, but another consideration that's kind of related, it's related to this weekend's tournament. An issue that legitimately arose this weekend, and maybe you guys have had similar experiences, at specifically 301, I I blew a horn and I sent out an alert via the PDGA messaging system. Oh, this is a good story. That said, all play has been suspended. Halt play immediately. There's lightning in the area. We are... Down for at least 30 minutes. And this is two courses. This is at two different courses, but we're down for 30 minutes. Uh, as of right now, we'll plan to just start back up at 345. This was at 301. 301, if we're being technical. Part of the challenge to this happening is, is if players don't hear the horn or players don't see the scorecard on the PDGA scoring app or it pops up, but it doesn't pop up until they've either completed that hole, which could be minutes upon minutes away, or the fact that you're in a place with bad signal and it literally just doesn't come through. Mm -hmm. All of which were possible this weekend at the two courses we were using. So I guess the question that we pose is, what's the best way to handle that? What, what because you had you do? You had some groups that continued to play for another 40 minutes. So you had some players who stopped, came off the course, and other groups that continued to play until they found out they weren't supposed to be playing. Maybe it wasn't quite 45 minutes, but... And then at that point, how do you go back? What do you tell them? Do you have to go back to where you were at 3 o'clock? How do you know where you were at 3 o'clock? I... I wouldn't have an idea. Do you have to just pick a hole that they go back to? Do they have to replay those holes and get new scores? Clearly, as we said, that's some people aren't going to be happy about that. You know, others will be elated about. Other that. people will be elated with that. Uh, do you just try to find a, a slot like the group that was in front of them? Oh, they were on hole eight when they withdrew. The group that was behind them was on hole eleven. So you have to start on nine or ten. Uh, pick a hole, guys. You know, make it a group decision. That's a very difficult situation, and I don't know if they're. I mean, I think you even called the PDGA hotline, and they said, we don't really have an answer for that. We, yeah, we do not have a perfect way to handle this, is if those cards played, continued to play, uh, what's the official protocol? And again, it's easy for a bias to come in really quickly, depending on your personal scenario. If you just, if you played those holes, 
and you ended up playing, we'll say, three holes during the, the delay, what should have been suspension of play, you played those three holes and you, you went six over, you are ecstatic to, for somebody to say, yeah, we got to go back and replay those as opposed to getting three birdies. It's a dicey situation, and and I know at our highest level of events in terms of the the elite series, there is a uh, not only do we have U disc, but also the PDG app. Uh, U disc also allows it to pop up. In I guess I never even thought about it. In U disc scenario, when they put it on an alert, it's much more instant because there's usually a scorekeeper and they're logging every shot. Mm-hmm. I never even thought about that. They're logging every single throw. Whereas as Johnny and I discussed this weekend, if you just started a par four at at uh, you know. At three at two fifty nine, and I blow it at, or I call it at three oh one. You might only be a few shots into that par four, and it might be twelve or fifteen minutes before you're done with it. And at that point, you may notice the alert. You disc, you're literally logging every single throw. If, if that were the instance, and it were just the end of the hole, as a group decision, I say we, we finished the hole. We're done. Sure. You wouldn't go back. It's the it's the situation where you have them play two holes, three holes, maybe that they didn't that they didn't notice. And and I think you and I discussed this, and I don't know if it's an option with the PDG when you send out an alert, but to immediately lock scores. Yeah. Like like when a when a when a, a stoppage of play happens, lock PDG scores so that the players cannot enter in the score until you unlock it from a lightning delay. It's like, cool, guess what? We're we're on a lightning delay. This course is locked. Because you might have multiple courses with different situations, mm-hmm. depending on how big the event is. Lock it so that when they get to go put in their scores, they can't. And they realize, oh, look, oh, crap, there is a lightning delay. Um, yeah. That, that was the best. But sometimes players are keeping score on paper scorecards, too, which sure. are less and less these days. They're not supposed to anymore, I don't believe. But there's always a secondary option. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that that's something that, again, when you're talking, I, I think of some of the lightning delays that we've seen uh i'll use a place like uh bowling green <laughs> uh yeah bowling green or or just more um thinking about Idlewild, for instance like not only just the way that course is shaped but the fact that we have so many people throughout the course you have spotters on every other oh, hole yeah. you have media it'd, it'd be very you, difficult yeah you have well i'm just yeah you have so many people to echo and to get the messaging out there where sometimes in your remote course your other remote courses that are spread out. Uh, if if some players aren't passing along the message to the other players while they're out there, and you have one or two breaks in in the in the groups anyway, you know you may start on hole nine, somebody else starts on hole eleven, and you you've had that one hole break, and you never even saw the group on eleven at any point. Well, if the group on eleven ended up walking off when they were supposed to, and the group on nine is just like, oh man. Flow of play's been great for the last hour because <laughs> they never saw anyone and yeah. they didn't expect to see anyone. It's hard to yeah. really blame them no, no. for continuing play if they truly never heard it. And yeah, and, and it's tough because you can't necessarily say, hey, I have 67 people on the course right now. Let's be accountable and make sure that all 67 have stopped playing. Yeah, Literally outside impossible. of driving an ATV through the entire course. It's impossible. You, you don't have a way to absolutely guarantee that every group has heard it and stopped play uh, on some courses. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's that that can be kind of wild. And dare I say, for the first time ever, that was an experience that I had this weekend as well. And that happened on Saturday. Is what it is. 
and it was all said and done. I think we had about 220-some people on the weekend or 240 people, something like that, somewhere in that neighborhood. So, All right, I had another story which has slipped my mind, so I think with that, unless you've got something else, Johnny. Not right now. Not right now. Is there any, uh, any scoring update that we need to know about? Still 5-5. Five to five. Okay. Runner on third. This will be one super out. timely for all of our audio listeners. Uh, we're going to call it. Oh, th- no, we're not. One last thought. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. I know. I know. But as it was just talked about in the chat, Gannon Burr's one on what, UDISC? Kelvin's number one on some other rating and... and Disc Golf Rankings Rankings. Johnny V is number one somewhere else. In my heart. Your own heart. I... I know we keep saying that everybody's got their own ratings or ranking systems, and that's great how they ever arrive at them. Sure, there's power because there's power rankings versus you know uh, 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 just general world rankings. There's UDISC rankings. There's UD- I mean, just in general, everybody has a slightly different formula to it. Do exactly. You, do you take the last two years? Do you take the last year? Do you weight the most recent ones more? Uh, what is what is the fall off from? It's particular events. What do you weight the elites versus the majors versus elite series plus versus, you know, silver. Everyone has a different one. Yeah, but what about your dominance index? I mean, the dominance index is, oof. <laughs> so, I think I pay for that. Uh, um, and, and, and I say that tongue in cheek because I have not even no. read up on that. No, yet, I but. mean, just the argument is, and it's a good argument to be able to have is right now in everyone's mind, who is the number one player? Is it Gannon or is it, Calvin, because or the, Rick, well, Rick or Ricky, who's number two according to the UDISC. No, uh, like uh, unfortunately, R- Ricky, I don't <laughs> believe is in the conversation right now. Interesting. Okay, I mean, Just, I mean, from my all from, the, all from the numbers the, you crunch. from the Johnny V's rankings, rankings exactly all the numbers you don't crunch ever. Um, just. My gut is he hasn't played enough. He and the events he has played, he had. He, it's not like he won. He took a sixth and uh, something else. So unfortunately. We have, for him, we have players right now that are healthy and performing well. So, you know, you want to you want to go back and look at the previous two years. Sure, Ricky's right up there. But you, you, anything that doesn't account for heavily for the last couple weeks, I, I, I have to dismiss that slightly. I, I love Rick. A little recency bias. But, but right now, it, it, again, you, it all depends on the criteria. If you ask me who's the best player in the world right now, Rick isn't even in my forethought. Neither is Paul. It's Gannon or Vinny. Like, those are the players right now that are performing at the very top. They're winning. And, like, Kelvin took fourth this past week, and that's the lowest he's taken in, I think, the year. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you not pick one of those two right now? It, guess what? If Paul comes out and wins the major... He starts to get in that conversation. Okay. But because as we know, Paul is McMajor. He, he gets into a, a different mindset. It, it's not going to, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest if Paul won this event. It would almost be a yawner. <laughs> like, oh yeah, Paul and another major yawn. And right away, you have to understand that. Guess what? When Paul goes over to if when Paul goes over to Europe, and he wins all those events, do, do we count him in the in the 
in our dominance index because he's not playing against the you know, pro tour players, even though if he's winning, you know, I don't know. But right now, in my mind, it's it, I, if you went with Gannon or Calvin, I couldn't argue with you. They're both you have great arguments for both players, and I don't have a good answer as to who I think is number one. I really don't. It's Calvin is more consistent. Gannon is winning more events. Well, when I go to the world ranking, I'm not even going to get into it. No. Point is, it's, there's yeah. a different ranking for everybody. Whoever you want your favorite yeah. to be this week, they yeah, can yeah. be number one, too. Uh, whoever yeah. that may or may not be. Um, and, and again, I, I'm not really begrudging them. I'm just saying uh, it, it's interesting to see how much more they're being shaken up. And maybe maybe that's really the whole point of the conversation is the fact that it used to be consistently... Ricky or Paul, essentially, it felt like all the time, and it didn't really matter. Maybe they jockeyed slightly. Now there's more people in that conversation, and then, as you said, as they're calculated, it just brings more light to those different calculations <laughs> mm-hmm. because one can emphatically say this person's number one, the and their and their next closest ranking system can say this person's number one, and they're different people, and yeah. a third one can say yet a third person is. It's it's kind of crazy uh, that we're seeing that, but I mean, it's find whatever one you like the best, and then put that one on your profile. One hundred percent, or whatever one ranks you the highest. You know, if if you have a player who who wins three elite series events and then takes thirty third at the major, and a player who takes third at all the major or third at all the elites and wins the major, who, who's the better player? The consistent guy. He only got one win. The other guy got three wins, even though he played poorly at one event. Just because it's a major, the funny thing is, we, we treat the majors as more important, but it's the same competition you played the week before. Sure. It's literally yeah, just a different we, course, well, yeah, and, and and it's different pressures because we we dub it to be we we give them we we add that pressure as the sport and the media and whomever to these particular events. So no, yeah. what would it do again? I don't know. I personally don't don't, don't care about rankings at all. Except for the website, I literally think <laughs> disc golf rankings rankings. Yes. I should forward that to Skip Base because I did get that domain. Yeah, well that's those are the best rankings. Your rankings of the rankings. I don't I don't have anything on there, so <laughs> I although I should create a website there I rank the rankings pages. Yeah. So I'll I'll get on that at some point. Uh, you should. All right, with that, I'm gonna rank our podcast as done. Brewers up six five. We're gonna call it. This has been the after show. Thank you guys for joining us. Hope you guys enjoy all the action coming to you for the four days of the champions cup. Depending on how things go, I may or may not break into a, uh, a little uh, drop zone action or some kind of recaps uh, each night. We'll see how things work out, but uh, that might be happening. If so, it's going to be on West coast time. So it's going to be late for everyone else, but either way, we'll, uh, we'll see how things get. Maybe they get a little saucy and uh, <laughs> there'll be some updates coming from me. Possibly. I'm not sure. For Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy. That's been Smashbox TV's podcast, 451's After Show. Have a great week. We'll see you after the major next week. Until then, uh, I don't know. Don't step inside the Smashbox. You might get hurt. We'll see you there.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 